Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Yes, we continue our series of chats. We kicked off last week with our human condition guru, clinical psychologist Lynn Worsley, on friendship. Lynn, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Great to see you. I must say last week's discussion was quite a revelation, uh, sparked quite a bit of interest about the way some of our friendships come and go. Claire posted on our Facebook page as saying we, she once heard. She said, life is like you're travelling on a train and people get on and off your carriages at different stops. Some stay for longer trips, others on and off. Some will hop back on your carriage later on. Each friendship has its own precious time, which I think for some of us will be a bit of a new take on friendship, which we often imagine could be or should be forever, but maybe not. Yeah, well, that's right. And I think really what we need to be remembering is that sometimes we say friendships are um, disappointing because somebody has got off the carriage when actually that's just how life goes. And friendships do come and go. And uh, it's not that they're really disappearing and it's not like that they're really not good friendships. They're they're just how friendships go. Just stick them on Facebook now. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we'll look at the changes that occur in us when we have some friendships. This is intriguing. Yes. Look, firstly, I'd like to examine the stages of moral development. Now, that's because friendships, in friendships, we're exposed to dilemmas that help us to develop our reasoning and our thinking in our brains and it helps us to take on the perspective of of other people not just ourselves and secondly I want to look at how friendships can help us to progress or hinder us in our development Um, and this then comes with a responsibility for us so that when we when we relate to other people we have a responsibility in terms of how we take on the friendship yep sure that's right so you're saying that friendships actually help us to develop our own thinking and personality Yes. Now, look, I'll refer to the work by Kohlberg, who divided the moral development stages up into six parts. And I'll break them down into three just because, you know, that's a lot easier. Now, moral development is about the development of perspective. And for those who don't develop morally, they get stuck in the first stage. And this stage is pretty cute for a young child. But for an adult, it's called narcissistic personality (laughs) disorder. Yeah, we've dealt with that before. Yes. So if we don't want to have that, then we need to make sure that that we're exposed to situations that help our moral moral development to occur. So they're in stages. Take us through these stages. Okay. Now, I want you to imagine a line from 0 to 10. And at the first stage, from about like 0 to 3, we're born with only the perspective of ourselves. And during that stage, we really see things as though the world has just been there for us yep. from the moment, you know, it's just begun. As I'm born, we're born, and here it is, I'm at the world's beginning. And in that stage, we really only see things from our own perspective. Um, we have a cause and effect thinking, a black and white thinking, and it affects how we judge the world around us. Um, Our motives in life are to avoid punishment or seek reward during that stage. Um, And so we're good, so people will like us and think that we're good and we might get a reward or we're bad so that we get noticed. Either way, it's just about us during that stage. Now, during that stage, friendships are assets, So they're there for our use and to help us. So a friend is is useful. Well, I can get out of it. Yes. Yes. And we like someone because they make us feel good and we think they'll be useful to us. Yep. So, for example, they sit next to us in school and they're our friends or they have the same color hair and they're friends and um, they smile at me, so that must be my friend. Yes. Um, So we also have an attitude at this stage of ownership. 
And that means we can't see past our own perspective so that that other person, that person belongs to us. So I own them. And so the other person doesn't have a viewpoint or a right to have any feelings because they're just really there for us. Now, that's a very young child's perspective. So, for example, um, she's my friend, so don't you take her away from me. And as a child, that couldn't look like jealousy and possessiveness. It's cute for a two-year-old, but not really for a 42-year-old. No, that's the thing I was going to say. <laughs> you sure these, this ends at age three? So what, what does this look like for an adult who hasn't gone past this stage? I think probably most of us know a bit of what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Now, this is where we see narcissism develop. And as adults, we see people who haven't negotiated past this stage with a string of failed, they have a string of failed relationships or failed friendships. They often have people who've been cut off or they've had run-ins with. Now, you see a pattern of people who've wandered away from them, who have been wounded, and that happens is that they get, what happens is they get close to someone and they feel like they belong to them. And then this person's decide to do something different or without them. And that causes what you call narcissistic injury or abandonment. And the reaction to this injury is to lash out and hurt, hurt back. Yes. Um, so the friend who's decided to do something of their own without including or telling them gets a barrage of insults, gets a cold shoulder or the silent treatment, or in some cases, cases has a physical attack. Um, but the extreme of this can be quite deliberate re- revenge, and let's hope that that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. But it's the adult playing the child who lashes out in defense of themselves. And, of course, the friend who doesn't know what's hit them they run away. They just pull back. Yes, and course. so the hard thing for these people is that who don't negotiate that first stage of development, they really don't learn to move beyond in their friendships. They continually are having people run away from them. Yeah. So how do we either avoid or get through this particular stage as adults then? Look, here we see the importance of working through friendships. As children, we're exposed to lots of playtimes and siblings and there's often lots of arguments, but that's really, really important. The, The secret is to allow there to be dilemmas. It's really important to have dilemmas, which mean that conflict has to be negotiated. If there's no conflicts, then there's basically no dilemmas and there's no growth. During the conflicts, there's tears and hearing how the other person, person feels and, and so on. And that gives people the opportunity to see the perspective of the other. Yes. If you're being hurt if, or as you're being hurt, it's actually helpful because it actually allows you the opportunity to reflect on how it feels. Yep. And that way you learn the perspective of the other person. So the secret during this stage is to experience conflict to experience hearing another person's perspective and then to have time of personally reflecting on the experience. Now for the Christian journey, prayer for those who hurt us is a wonderful way of teaching reflection for both adults and children. It's often struck me that you have not tolerated but accepted the fact that people go through tough stuff, that your business is not about avoiding it and often going through that experience is is an experience of growth. Yes. Yeah. So what happens with the next stage then? Look, the next stage is pretty tricky. It, It involves groups. And being part of a group enables us to be 
put into our place. And we no longer can we boss around other people or manipulate one or two people, but in a group we're forced to fit in and conform. So it's actually progress from that first stage to the middle stage where there's groups. And because, because conforming enables us to see what others are doing and to try and fit our behavior so it's acceptable. And yeah. while that sounds like we're just, you know, molding to the crowd, it's actually very helpful in terms of moral development. Yeah. And it sounds quite strange, but it's actually progress. So being part of a team is a great example of how to develop friendships which make us to conform and fit with others. We work out what offends others and we work out the social order of the group and we work out how to fit in and what will happen if we were left out. Now, it looks a bit like power play and it probably is, but it shows us how the structure of groups work and helps us to fit into the wider society with less ego. Mm. So friendships at this stage are within a group or a team and we have mates or we have the group. Now in churches and schools, they can seem like we've got little click groups, yes. but these are actually quite helpful in terms of development. It's a stage of development for us to be able to fit into a click group. After a time, the clickiness might change and you might feel more comfortable with letting other people into the group, but the clickiness of a group is actually progress. And that happens especially with girls or a lot with girls? A lot with girls, yeah. particularly um, age nine and year nine. I just, I don't know what it is, but there's something really? about that stage. Okay. But, you know, I think there's a lot of adults. Most of us sort of linger around this middle phase where we're wanting to fit into a group and we want to feel accepted. Which is not surprising, I suppose. But during that stage, we tend to think of the rules of the group and we find out what other people think so we can fit in with what we think. And we sometimes may break general rules to fit in with the group so that they accept us. Um, we also check all of our behavior to see if other people will accept us. And it, it actually um, helps us to move from that first stage where we're just, you know, it's all about me to it's all about others in yeah. the group. But so as adults, how does this look and how do those friendships look? Well, in adults, it might be where we become fixed on what other people think about us. And it's how we might be perceived by others is what we, you know, what drives us. And it might be incredibly paralyzing and cause anxiety, or it might be a possessive obsession with being in the group and not missing anything or in case you're being left out. Now, friendships during this stage are within the group, but there might be a few friends um, and there often, may be often a lot of gossip and discussion about other people and what they're doing. And it can be quite damaging as adults and it can look like bullying. Yep. But it's actually functional in development. So here we've got this dilemma of actually being helpful for our moral development, but at the same time quite damaging in terms of power play. But it's really important that we go through it. This is character building. It's character building, and sometimes it means that we hurt and are hurt, but in that process we need to have moments of reflection so that we can experience what it feels like to be left out and know what it feels like to be bullied so that we don't do it to other people doesn't give excuse to be bullied, though. No. Or continue to no, accept that. No, yes. no, no. So third stage of moral development, what's that? Now, the third stage of moral development is towards the end of the scale from 0 to 10. So around about the five and a half, or I mean, six and a half to 10 mark. And okay. during that stage, there is the thinking or reasoning that includes seeing things from another pe other people's perspective who are not in your own experience. So such as someone from another culture or country or a life stage where you can really feel compassion for them. 
And that might mean that there is just this motive of justice and fairness for all people Hmm. and an awareness of other people's journey rather than a dogmatic response of our own journey and that we're right. Now, in our faith journey, that can mean that we're curious of other people's beliefs rather than dogmatic about our own beliefs that they should believe what we believe. Now, friendships during this stage are those that are filled with compassion and care. And and it's maybe quite an unequal friendship. It may be that someone who is in a moral development stage towards the end, it would be one where they really just think of another person. Now, a great example of Mother Teresa, and I may have told this story before, but it is just a beautiful story where she goes out and collects the money for the the children in Calcutta that she's rescued off the streets and she puts a can out and she's puts a can out and someone spits in the tin and she looks at that and she goes oh that's for me now what are you going to give the girls now what she does there is that she doesn't have any thought of herself she's in that third stage of moral development her relationship to other people is about what they're going through why they've spat in the tin what's happening with the people around her, not about an indignation of somebody hurting her. Now here, friendships in this third stage are sacrificial. They're not self-serving and they're for other people and that's for their care and concern. And sometimes we may never get there. Occasionally we might. Um, Jesus demonstrated this friendship with his disciples. He had great compassion for them. And the prayer that he has for his disciples is a beautiful prayer. And that's a real example of that third stage of moral development. He's not thinking about what's going to happen to him. All he's thinking about is what they'll be left with. Yeah. So finally then, how how do we get there? Because I'm sure all of us would desire for that. Moral development. To have friendships. Moral development is about dilemmas and friendships and reflecting Mm. on our own journeys and being ready to be able to step in and make up with friends and hurt and cry and forgive and hurt and cry and forgive and hurt and cry and forgive. And that going back in and not, not shutting down when someone's hurt us to move back in so that we can resolve it. During that time, we get so much growth, but at the same time, we start to learn what real deep friendship's about. Yes. So next week, let's talk about um, how to make friends. What do we do to make friends and how to keep them? That'll be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping that we'll be able to go through some steps of making friends for some people who really struggle with making friends, how they might be able to get there. I'm sure it'll be always, as always, really helpful. Lynn Worsley, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.